you want me to do the intro, or do you want to do the intro? Uh, you should probably do it since I feel like you have a better grasp on the contents of these episodes. Okay. <laughs> Alright. <clears throat> no, let me take a drink. Hold on. Okay. Hello, and welcome to the Bus Podcast. This is our Season 7 reaction podcast for episodes... Six and seven. Yep. (laughs) Yep. That's a pause that's going to get cut out and edited. (laughs) I'm just going to do that again. That was terrible. Okay. (laughs) Hello and welcome to the bus cop. Oh, fuck. (laughs) Hello and welcome to the bus podcast. I'm Luca and this is our season seven reaction podcast for episodes six and seven, Adapt or Die and the Totally Excellent Adventures of Mac and the D. And I am joined by my co-host, Holly. Hi. And we are going to break down our reactions to these episodes. So, let's start with the first one. What do you think about that? Oh, boy. There's... Uh, see, the problem is I don't remember a lot of it, but I remember there's a lot that made me upset about <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah. I don't... I didn't... I didn't have time to rewatch the episodes, so I don't have very good notes. But fucking oh this this man this fucking (laughs) kid i Mm. hate him so much yeah he is he's so awful but honestly i'm so relieved because he's such a better Mm -hmm. villain than (laughs) kravakov's yep yep he really really is like we're finally getting like another villain that we fucking hate and i'm glad for it (laughs) Yeah, like, it's actually refreshing to have someone that, like, I actually physically hate as a villain in here. Um, Mm -hmm. Because I have been bored by the Kravakots. Yeah, and we didn't really have one of those last season, either. Yeah. Like, I feel like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is, like, in my mind, like, one of its kind of, like, signatures is just having, like, seasonal villains that I fucking despise. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was not the case the last season and then the chronicons showed up and I'm just like eh, these are kind of bad uh but now that this motherfucker's here i'm just like holy shit yep it's actually re- refreshing but i also hate him <laughs> yeah he's oh god i'm going to have to like sit down at one point uh and just like like think through all the reasons why i hate him because he's just he's just such a particular brand of just fucking like uh, i don't even know because he's like because he is definitely like a nazi yeah but he's he's also just like this like oh yeah i'm gonna have to sit down and really like work through my thoughts because it's just i hate him so much but in a very particular way that i feel like i haven't hated any of the other villains especially like the hydra villains like he's he has his own unique brand of absolute bullshit that i hate Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's interesting because i feel like He's just so cold, <laughs> but like in a in the in a good way, not like Kravakon's emotionless way. But like he just like does not give a fucking shit about anybody else, and he will do whatever he wants to get to his goal, including mm-hmm. like you know literally draining Daisy of her blood. <laughs> and yeah. I feel like that really just like adds to me hating him because he just like has no morals at all. Yeah, he has no morals, and he is not like 
like he's not he's not shy about the fact that he has he has like he he's not under no delusions that he's like in it for anything other than himself you know yeah like it, it's very um, chilling to see him yeah and like i can't i'm trying to think of any other villains like that and the closest i can come to is ward but i but like with ward ward always kind of saw himself in some ways as like the as like a tragic figure mm-hmm. whereas this kid just is just like nope i'm just gonna do whatever the fuck i want i don't give a shit about who i hurt in the process i'm I on some level I probably want to hurt people in the process. Yeah. And uh fuck you. Yeah, it's it's really it really makes you hate him, which is obviously yep. the point. Um and I it's just nice to see a villain like that again after mm-hmm. two seasons of underwhelming villains that I cannot hate because they don't feel <laughs> Yeah, like it him with Daisy in, in this episode just made me like feel like literally sick like it was it was really hard to watch especially given daisy's like daisy has like literal traumas related to like shit like this specifically Mm -hmm. like her well one her mom went through all of this stuff yeah like a lot um for years and but I mean, she also went through it. Like, yeah, Hive yeah. Dra- drained her, and Evil Fitz drained her. Like, yeah, <laughs> she has had this happen before, which is problematic because I don't know why Daisy has to keep getting held down and have her blood drained out when she's supposed to be one of the strongest agents. It makes me a little yeah. uncomfortable. Yeah, I, I feel like I don't know how. She, like, it really does feel like they're just kind of beating her down in terms of like her not being able to deal with that because like it didn't feel like there was any sort of overwhelming force more so than usual and somehow she yeah. ended up captured and unable to, to like, they, do like whatever, they literally you know? just like knocked her out and it was like oh guess she's captured and it's like um yeah yeah I, that part makes me uncomfortable yeah same but like i don't know I mean, it's just one of those things that I'm like, did you guys think about this before you wrote this script? I feel like you didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, whatever. Yep. Um, so speaking of Daisy, we have to have this conversation. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I know <laughs> you don't, don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to. However... It is obvious to anyone that watched that episode that there was some feelings happening, at least from Sousa's side, because ain't no man cradling a woman like that and be totally emotionless. <laughs> uh, I, I'm so desperately hoping that it's not a romantic thing. Like, it's almost impossible to look at that on like a, on like a mainstream television show and have it not be romantic i mean he literally like picks her up princess style and carries her out of there like i know and i hate to tell you this holly but elizabeth hindris hinstridge um on one of her instagram posts someone asked like do you ship them and she's like yeah 100 <laughs> percent 
which doesn't oh mean that it's going to happen because Elizabeth ships basically everyone on the cast with yeah. each other. But, you know, <laughs> I I don't want it. Please. Yeah. I don't want it. I like I like Sousa, but I don't want it. Yeah. I it's so interesting for me because I don't want it either. But my god, I mean, it's impossible to watch that scene for someone who's like a fucking sucker for like hurt comfort trope and not feel it. And that was exactly what they were fucking doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I looked at who directed this episode and it's DJ Doyle. Um, and he has written a bunch of S.H.I.E.L.D. episodes, including um, some of the best Fitzsimmons ones. So this man knows how to ship. <laughs> <sighs> Uh, I... <laughs> and I don't think he's being too shy about it, which yeah is di- disappointing. But it seems like this is the direction we're going. Yeah, I I feel like it's a bait though, because I don't know. Like, it just doesn't feel right. Like, I know that might just be, like, a me thing and, like, a bias that I have. Yeah. But, like, it doesn't feel consistent with with Daisy's character, which, again, is what we've been saying the whole time whenever we talk about, like, oh, Daisy should should end the season single. Yeah. Um, But, like, but like with Sousa especially, like, compared to, like, the dudes she's dated before and the dudes she tends to fall for doesn't it doesn't feel it would feel out of character for me yeah like not that like you can't not that you can't have like more than like one type or whatever but but before this moment in particular they didn't have that kind of chemistry between them i agree like they they just kind of seem to be like around each other in the way that like everyone and Sousa is kind of like has been like around each other. I guess there was that moment with the phone, but that wasn't anything like this. No, like, that was when... like old man meets cell phone for the first time. <laughs> yeah, which again, which again, like I know, I know, like people have talked about that, like the age difference between the two of them isn't like a lot, but especially with that coming right off of that scene, it's just like it just the there just feels like there's like a big age gap which and just I, again just like makes me feel super icky yeah and i think a lot of that is to do with the fact that chloe bennett is 28 and the guy who plays daniel souza is 40 <laughs> so yeah. you can really see the difference between a 28 year old and a 40 year old man <laughs> mm-hmm. um which is i mean it just is what it is like daniel souza is only like four or five years older than daisy um but it doesn't help (laughs) no it really doesn't and i feel like you're exactly right though like there was no build-up to this like the only thing that i can like kind of squint and look at sideways and be like okay maybe is the scene where daniel pretends to be her fiance for like two seconds in that bar but i'm like that was a cover like (laughs) yeah yeah like it didn't mean anything (laughs) Yeah, but that that kind of shit, that kind of shit is always like a setup. I feel yeah. like it's. Uh, I I think, and we also have no indication that Daisy feels the same way, like at all. If if Dan, if this is Daniel's like being affectionate, 
like in a non-platonic way. We have not seen anything from Daisy because she was like passed out and like half awake during this. <laughs> yeah, like I like I think from my understanding of Susa, and this just me might be like my like ace ass like speaking and projecting onto it, but like I I when I was watching that scene, I was just like, oh, I know what this is. But from my understanding of who Susa is as a character, like I don't see. I don't see that being romantically motivated because like he seems like a dude like a soldier who's been through some shit and like understands like like how scary it is to be in like situations like that because like he was telling that whole story right yeah and like i think he understands the importance of having like like the like the idea that like you're not going to war for like a better like a bigger cause but you're going to war for the person next to you you know like i feel like that that kind of mentality is so important to him and you can correct me if i'm wrong because i i've only seen him in the context of shield but but it it, it didn't i think you're right and it's that's why that scene was like also a little stilted for me is because without like the weird hair stroking that happened that's totally in character for Sousa. like the the conversation about like you know oh i was a soldier and like i had to fight for this guy and like blah 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 we're all soldiers you know that kind of stuff that is definitely in character for Sousa and then it was just like out of left field that he was being so affectionate with her and I was like okay (laughs) yeah like the part that that really threw me off uh was just like yeah like you said like the the hair brushing and stuff like that and just like the level of physical intimacy yeah that was there like he like literally pulls her head onto his lap and it's like fine and I'm like is it fine (laughs) yeah like like there are ways to to play that scene that are because like that because like there's I don't think there's a way to have that scene that's not physically intimate but there's a way to do it without him pulling her head onto his lap and stroking her hair you know yeah and I um, I mean it seems like it was intentional that you read it that way yeah yeah which which again just kind of like makes me feel achy because it because it does just kind of come out of nowhere. Yeah. And feels feels out of character for both of them too, which is the thing. Like, yeah, like I don't da- want it for Daisy, but I also don't want it for Susa, you know? Yeah, like Daisy is just like so strong and like maybe it's wrong that she's like that closed off. <laughs> but I mean we've never seen her act like that with anybody. <laughs> yeah. And, like, some part of me is, like, well, of course she's acting different with this one because they want you to see the difference. (laughs) Because they're like, look, this is the one. And I'm like, is it? (laughs) Oh, I don't like that thought. I, it's, yeah, it's just been a weird moment in the fandom because, like, most of the people that I follow are, like, super into it now, like, after that scene, because we're all just, like suckers for that shit yeah why we ship fitzsimmons <laughs> but at the same time it's like are we really okay with this like <laughs> just coming out of left field <laughs> yeah and like like because it feels so off and like and like coming out of nowhere is is starting to make me think it might be a bait i really hope that you're right but like some part of me like there was also a quote and I don't have the exact quote. I apologize. But someone was asked, someone asked Chloe like about love interests. And she said something about like, 
oh yeah, you know, there's no one right now, but like maybe in time, <laughs> like something like that. And I was like, okay, that could definitely be taken <laughs> to mean like in time, literally, like yeah, in time travel. So I don't know. I, I, and it sucks because we had this week lag where we didn't see them at all. Yeah. Um. So like, <laughs> we just kind of left to stew with the idea that there might be something there. Uh, yeah. Oof. Yeah. I feel like that conversation needed to happen because obviously, I mean, there's no way to look at that scene and not read it that way. Yeah, which is like, yeah, like a- apart from the physical, like the weird aspect of the physical intimacy of it, like if you just got rid of that, I would have really enjoyed that scene in yeah. terms of like it being like a moment of just like like camaraderie and like bonding between the two of them. Um, but but yeah, there was this very odd, romantic and like off-putting, like weird undertones to it and it's just like and it also feels a little bit like I mean when in-game came out spoilers for (laughs) in-game and everyone saw that Peggy and Steve got together in the end through like bullshit time travel I was just like like everyone was like oh my god they just like fucked over Daniel Souza I guess because (laughs) in the show like they're together and I, I really feel like they just kind of also did this to make a happy ending for Daniel Souza because he got fucked over in the MCU. And I'm like, uh. <laughs> but why does yeah. it have to be Daisy? <laughs> yeah. Uh. But anyway, other than that, we have some other great stuff. And I actually do enjoy the other parts of this episode. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Same. Because we have Coulson and May infiltrating. Well, they've already infiltrated the base, but they are convincing Stone about the fact that they're good and like, <laughs> and there's evil robots from the future that are trying to kill everybody. Stone understandably does not uh, believe them until he is almost face-swapped himself, so... <laughs> yeah yeah i there's this feels so this feel this moment while i like i always like these kinds of sequences it feels so much like a rehash of the lmd bullshit yeah in season four that i just like this it didn't feel it felt a little bit cheap in that sense like i get that there's like that it's like an easy thing to to pull from in terms of like robots that like disguise themselves as people it's just like oh well then you disguise yourself as people who 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 you have attachments to and stuff like that yeah Um, and like act like them and stuff but i was just like oh that's just that it this is just the thing that you already did i think i would agree if it went if it went on for any longer than it did like if 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 we had still had max parents and we still had stone or whatever, then I would be like, yeah, it feels old hashy, but like they did it so quickly that I'm like, eh. Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah, it would have felt really like just repeating the same playbook. And I mean, it did like still to an extent, but especially with Max parents, like we literally yeah. got that same scene with Fitzsimmons. 
<laughs> Except no one got stabbed in the leg. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is, like, I think why the scene with Mac's parents didn't... Because, like, one, you saw it coming from, like, a mile away. Yeah. Um, but two, yeah, like, like the whole show me your wrist thing literally was the Fitzsimmons beat again, but, like, slightly different. Yeah, I, I saw some analysis that people were just, like... Like, this, this episode really felt like closure for Max. Well, this and the 8 episode really felt like closure for Max's whole, like, storyline. Like, this is, like, his last big hurrah, and then he's going to move to the, the sidelines for a little bit um, to let the other characters breathe. Like, I think next next week is going to be a lot about May and Elena. Yeah, that's what it seems from the, from the promo pictures. Yeah. And then I better get up fucking fits episode you sons of bitches <laughs> where's my there. son We're getting there i i the further along we get and the less we see a fits the more i'm thinking it's going to be like a final episode like, like which bam, bam, bam. like would break my heart because it just like i get scheduling conflicts and stuff but i'm like he has been gone for the whole fucking season like i know <laughs> Like, couldn't you have filmed some stuff and put, like, just, like, him messaging Gemma or, like, a tag up, like, something to have him in there. Yeah. Like, he wasn't even mentioned for, like, two episodes. I mean, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, it it's really rough. Yeah, and it, it just always annoys me because it always feels like they just wasted their time with Fitz when they had him and then, like, they ran out of time. And I'm yep. like, this is your fault. Like, <laughs> you kept them apart forever because some bullshit of some reason or another. And it's just like, ugh. Yeah. Sucks. Yeah. I did actually, I liked the stuff with Mac's parents, I think. Um, especially in the context of what happens next episode, particularly. Yeah. Yeah. Same. I think, because, like, the idea that, like, Mac's parents just just were killed off screen was like really like that like that struck me in a way that was like yeah. oh shit like they're just they're just dead now and like there's like it's too late for them to do anything it's not even like they're about to die and got there too late it's just like oh no it just happened and you could there's literally nothing you could have done about it yeah and like mac really needed that episode to like heal and come to terms with it um mm -hmm. with the help of Deke. The D. <laughs> the D. <sighs> Which I, I'm glad that they like took that space. Even though I feel like that episode was a little bit of just like bullshit and filler, but it was fun, so I'm not gonna complain too much. Oh yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. It was very much it very much gave me well actually one more note before we go on to that episode. Yeah, though. go for it. The you know the um the Chronicom lady who was like Stoner's oh, second command? No, the um, one of the hunters. Yes. She, I don't the know actress. Her name. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember her name either. But the actress who plays her, I recognized her from a different show that I watch. Oh, um, really? Yeah, she plays one of my favorite characters on that Netflix show Glow, the, oh. the wrestling one. Mm-hmm. It's very huh. good. She plays a very good gay wrestler. <laughs> very good gay wrestler. That's funny. I love when. I my friend and I have the worst of it. Like every time we're together and we watch something, we always just like sit there with IMVD open. Cause we like, we recognize so many actors and shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible. Um, Oh, a quick note. Also. I mean, we got the confirmation that the thing in Gemma's neck is a memory suppressor. 
I, I mean, I feel like most people called that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so that's confirmed. There was some talk again going back to our fun secret secret child theory that may or may not happen. There was some talk about Diana being that child's name, which is why she named it Diana. And I was like, eh, that feels that a little feels rote. like a stretch. Yeah, it feels a little, little bit like a stretch. So that's all I have to say on that. But mm-hmm. I, I, okay, I do find it interesting though that that Deke is the one who knows about it now. Yeah. Um, feels like it's not going to be a secret for much longer. Yeah. Well, I here's the thing is that I don't think he's going to tell anybody willingly. But like Jimbo was pretty explicit that like him knowing puts everyone in danger. Yeah. Um and I'm sure that's not going to be relevant. <laughs> I mean, this show loves to kidnap Fitz. They like love it. It's like every season Fitz gets kidnapped at some point. And I really strongly feel like at some point Gemma's going to get an alert or like Fitz is going to miss a message and she's going to be like, something's wrong. <laughs> yeah. He's been captured because apparently he's with the Chromacons. That was the other realization. Like he's like in that space, I guess, or, or something somewhere close to them, I think is what she says. Yeah. Um, and she's, and he's very exposed because of it. Yeah. My, here's my like Hail Mary projection. Is right. that, is that the Chronicoms somehow figure out where Fitz is via Deke. Like, the, like the fact that um, Deke knows fucks them over. They find out where Fitz is because of that. And then they have to race the Chronicoms or get to Fitz first before the Chronicoms. And that's how we get Fitz back. Honestly, would not shock me. And I feel like part of me wonders if Sybil knows where he is anyway. And just like, does it not give a shit because it doesn't mess with her plan or whatever? And yeah. then, like, once it becomes a problem, that's when she's like, all right, let's go. Yeah. Because, I mean, her mystic, like, magical bullshit seer powers, I guess, are real. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I don't, I'm not sure. That would feel like it undermines a lot of the work that Gemma's done with the memory suppressor and stuff like yeah. that. So I don't know if they're going to do that. But I don't know. Who who knows? Yeah. It it's it's just seems weird that if Sybil can see everything and like all of these conversations don't affect our goals, so like I don't care. It would just be weird for her to not see a very obvious like yeah. wrench in the plan with Fitz like feeding the team information or whatever he's doing. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing too is that isn't. It seems like she's she's been a little bit fallible thus far especially because yeah. like it it was kind of ambiguous but it seemed to me at least the person that, that i got was that she didn't expect colson to just blow them all up and i wonder if that's because and i'm going off at some book i just read where there was like a mystical fucking mind reader and like the way to deal with the mind reader was like just make a snap decision because they can't see it coming yeah um, and I wonder if that's just what happened is like Coulson made that snap decision in the moment. He was like, I'm going to sacrifice myself right now. <laughs> yeah. Cause he couldn't have known coming in, like that was the plan. Um, and so I do wonder if that was like the thing that throttled her in the end is he just like made that decision on the fly. 
Yeah, that could be the case. Also, it very much... Like, I feel like the end of that episode with Coulson blowing himself up was supposed to be very dramatic in terms of like, oh no, Coulson's <laughs> dying again. Yeah. But like, it just did not hit me in that way at all. Like, no, like, uh, he blew up, and I was like, oh, guess he's coming back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, yeah, like, my first thought was just like, oh, I wonder how he's going to come back next episode. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and he did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Through a high school TV cart, but oh my he's still God, there. Oh, God, it's so funny. That cart is, like, the best gag yeah. that they pulled that episode. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it was, I don't. I see. I don't know if that was the way they were supposed to totally hit it because May also makes that comment. She's like, eh, "He'll be back." <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I feel like they're gonna try to go for some dramatic like moment with Daisy whenever she wakes up and be like, "Oh, Coulson's dead." And I wonder if again they're just gonna play it off as like, "Okay." <laughs> well, I feel like I I don't I don't think so. Just because we we are like we as the audience already know that Coulson's fine. Yeah. So I feel like they're going to gloss over like that time because I, my assumption is that next episode we're going to see what the team's been up to during during the well, totally excellent adventures of Matt and the D, but yeah, we sort of saw like glimpses, like you know, days like Gemma was finding them and Elena and May were like trying to rescue them or whatever. Yeah. Um I I assume Daisy was just like out of commission in that tube. Uh, the whole episode because she was very fucked up and of course daniel is right where he needs to be so he's not leaving her side (laughs) oh i forgot about that too oh yeah holly it just keeps coming fuck (laughs) they're so together and i hate it it's so (laughs) awful it's if they had had like build up it would be better like, if there was, like, obvious chemistry, and, like, they have good chemistry, like, don't get me wrong, but if, like, real chemistry <laughs> yeah, the like they start... Yeah, they don't have, like, there's different kinds of chemistry, and they don't yeah. have, like, romance. No, like, it's more like, it. they feel more like they should just be, like, great friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, that's the, like, they feel like they should be, like, like, brothers in arms, not to use, like, brothers specifically, but, you know. Yeah, like, that that kind of camaraderie com yeah. com yeah, you know what i'm saying camaraderie yeah. god fuck so it's late guys <laughs> yeah yeah um and i yeah if they had had like a couple of scenes just like low key romantic tension yeah like that's the thing is that we've been saying this whole time that we that we would prefer daisy and the series single but like I feel like we could this I don't want to speak for you but but I feel like we could both be convinced otherwise like that's just where we're at now but like given it like enough um material like I could be convinced and I have not been convinced yeah like and the thing is the thing that really bugs me is that day like we have no indication that Daisy feels that way like yeah. that's like the number one thing on my list that is bugging me about it is if like if we had had even one scene where she like made hard eyes at him or like flirted with him or did something i've been like okay like maybe it's mutual <laughs> yeah yeah but the fact that we have had zero of that is just like i don't know how to feel about this yeah uh, uh okay so we'll get on to the other episode here which was 
the totally excellent adventures of Mac and the D, which is all the bottle episode of Mac and Deke stuck in the future slash past slash present slash whatever in the eighties where Mac is growing up. Um, and Deke <laughs> trying and failing and trying and succeeding to build a version of shield that can help them get home. God, it's, <laughs> I love this episode cause it gave me such big, um, what's the episode in season uh, six where Gemma and Daisy just get blasted in the alien casino. Yeah, that one. <laughs> oh, I love that episode. It's so good. Like, it's just such a goofy episode, and this gave me, like, those vibes. Yeah. And I'm starting to think now, because I remember talking before about how just, like, Deke and Elena is just such a galaxy brain combo. And now I'm just thinking that Deke plus anyone who's not Daisy <laughs> or Fitzsimmons is just a galaxy brain combo. It's because Deke is just, like, such a fucking wild card. Like I know. At any point, he could be, like, saving the world or, like, doing this shit. And, like, there's no in-between. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really good. I love deke a lot especially in this episode because it because it, it gets you get a lot of because i i feel like one of the things that you've mentioned a couple times when we talk about deke this season is that he, it feels like it feels like he's grown a lot as a character but that growth hasn't really been earned mm -hmm. and i think i think here we get like a a nice kind of like resolution to that tension because we see him slip back into a lot of his old patterns that yeah. he never really kind of outgrew them or anything like that but we get to see kind of like a, a different side to it and like a different kind of like it's always it's the same motivation the same tendencies um but like there's there's like an earnestness to it that is like so so characteristic of what Deke's been this season that it's a very nice like meshing I think of like his, how he acted post season five and then and then how he's acted this season mm -hmm. because because yeah I do agree with you that there is like this kind of like uh, unresolved tension there between like it seems like he's a different person and we don't really know why that is and this yeah. seems like a this feels to me like a very good blending of those two different parts of him and like. You said that it's like a galaxy brain team up, but honestly, the conversation they have about like losing their parents so young and like, like how that changed Deke as like a person like felt so right. Like that was the yeah. one conversation where I was like, well, yeah, of course, this is why this team up happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because the and... only one who could possibly relate to that is like Daisy. But mm -hmm. even then, like it's a totally different situation because she never knew her parents. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like Deke, Deke knew, and you could tell that Deke had like a really deep fondness for his parents, and like the mm -hmm. few times that he mentions them. Well, like, well, like I guess, I guess he talks a little bit about his father, but like mostly about his mom. Yeah. And because she's the one we care about. <laughs> yeah, because she's the one we care about. Um, but it's it like the scenes that that the two of them share like about their families and stuff like that and deke like i think the scenes with with mac and deke when when once mac has realized that deke's been like caring for like the younger version of himself mm -hmm. and his brother like that really that really hit me in terms of just like oh no i love this trash boy yeah that was really sweet and it felt genuine because he explained it in the way of like you know i've i've been there i've lost my parents as a young kid yeah 
And this, this, the other thing that we get about Deke too is like in the reason why it feels like the reason why he does all this stuff is because he idolizes like a lot of the other people and team mm-hmm. members too. Like in terms of like he, I think on some level he always kind of feels like this tag along, which is why he wants to be, he like aspires to be like the center of attention in that yeah. way. And like when 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 Roxy like caught up to Mac and it's just like, hey, like Deke like really cares about you and you're a fucking asshole if you're just gonna throw that away and and treat him like this yeah because yeah because like mac like deke really looks up to mac in that way and like you you really get that sense this episode but at the same time deke deke really relates to mac and empathizes with mac which is just uh fuck me up yeah and i feel like that really because he has such a complicated relationship with Fitz and Simmons, and they are literally his only living family, like in the yeah. entire universe. Well, I guess their parents are also his great grandparents, but like he doesn't know them. <laughs> um, yeah, and fuck the one of their parents that we know about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck, fuck that guy. Well, Fitz has mentioned his mom a couple times, but that's true. That's true. We've never seen her. Well, we've seen her picture of her, but it's actually just Ian and his mom. <laughs> it's still so sweet. Which is adorable, yeah. It's really cute. So, like, I feel like it really is, like, a child who doesn't really know how to express their love for someone just acting up to get attention. <laughs> mm-hmm. like, like, all the a... time. Yeah, like, he, he is just acting up, but also, at the like, that's the thing is, we get the two sides of Deke. We get the side of him that's just, like acting up to get attention and to feel like he belongs but also we get the side of him who like has has this like unexpectedly deep like emotional intelligence and like yeah. wanting to do like real material help for somebody yeah it it really like i wish they would lean on that a lot more and maybe they will like uh, like after this because that's the side of deke that i actually like <laughs> yeah the, the side of deke that like you know is forming fucking rock bands and still pining after Daisy. <laughs> oh, God. Um, because he, I definitely re- went back and watched that scene again. And he absolutely says, oh, yeah. don't forget about me, Daisy. <laughs> yeah. God, could you imagine the cursed love triangle that would oh, be Deke, Susa, oh, Daisy? No. And the thing is, like, in that moment where da- uh, Daisy's in the tube and Daniel is sitting there and he says whatever bullshit to Jim or whatever, like, immediately after or before that, Deke walks in and there's this moment where he kind of looks at Sousa and I'm like, don't you fucking do it. Oh, it's, it's going to be so awful. I really hope they just, like, if Daniel and Daisy are together, I really hope Deke just, like, accepts it and, like, moves the fuck on because I, I can't I, deal with I, it I feel too. like, yeah, I feel like Deke would. I feel like Deke would do the thing where he gets sad and then just, like, you know, like, is mature about it, surprisingly. Yeah. Because, like, I feel like that's the the arc that Deke takes, where he's just, like, whenever he's, whenever he has to deal with some, like, actual shit, he, like, knows how to be mature about it. And then when yeah. he's just kind of, like, left to his own devices and the stakes are kind of low, that's the times when he starts acting childish. Yeah, I agree. And I, and I like, I hope that, like, however the news gets broken to him, it's, like, a way that he can't just, like, go sulk and act out or whatever and he like actually deals with it in a mature way <laughs> yeah look i'm still crossing my fingers like shooting my shot for a fucking korasami moment where like the two of them are pining <laughs> after daisy and then she just fucking like makes out oh with the girl God. that would be amazing actually 
I'm here for that. Daisy Johnson is the bisexual icon we need. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> um, but yeah, the rest of the episode is just like it's interwoven with these these really somber beats of Mac just like being very sad about his parents dying and like him just like losing himself in his depression for I guess months and Deke the fucking Deke just showing up and just being like oh I brought food I got beer (laughs) let's hang out buddy (laughs) oh my like my those kinds of things always break my heart especially when they when they are over like protracted periods of time because mm-hmm. like you get because like that's like over like the course of like a year and that kind of stuff or it always fucks me up yeah i just the one thing i have about that is i'm like okay so they landed on this planet with no or well this timeline with no preparation like mac has his house what the fuck does deke do for like the first couple months <laughs> i i don't know i don't know like, I guess he just, like, falls in with some crowd and, like, becomes a groupie of some band somewhere it's, or something. It's so he, funny to me because because Deke comes from, like, a very specific timeline where, like, I, it's, like, one of those things where it's just, like, if you came from, like, 2020 and went back to the 1980s, like, like it's, it's substantially different, sure, but, like, at least you understand what the concept of, like, renting an apartment is, you know? Yeah. Like, Deke has never owned or rented anything in his fucking life. Like, he lived on a spaceship, and then he was with S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> yeah, like, it's it's so funny to me that Deke seems to just have this, like, incredibly savvy, like, ability to just, like, survive wherever. Yeah. And, like, it's, but, like, not even in the survival sense, but like, in, like, the social like, survival sense. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of, like, a roach. Like roaches just like survive somehow. Like they're just oh like immune to radiation. Yeah. That's what it feels like with Deke. Like he doesn't really intend to do it, but he just kind of stumbles into it because that's just how he is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then he rips off other people's work and pirates is his own. Yeah. Because that's how capitalism works, baby. <laughs> God. But, yeah, that's the other thing too that we kind of touched on, but we haven't really gone into yet is that this whole episode is just a gimmick at throwback 80s episode. Yeah. And I remember when we were predicting um, what decades they'd visit, I specifically called out the 80s as one that I didn't think yep. that I wouldn't be that interested in going back to because like 80s nostalgia is so played out already by 2020 mm-hmm. that I was just like, I don't, see them doing it in a way that's interesting at all to me but yet this is probably one of my favorite episodes of the season like it's really it was really genuinely just so much fun to watch yeah like they like they didn't they 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 did a lot of stereotypical 80s stuff but like they play the parts that they played into were the parts that were the most shield and like the most like specifically nostalgic to shield you know like because mm-hmm. it, it's because it, like it's mac it's mac like actually living through like one of his slasher movies you know and yeah. it's it's um it's just a lot of like the like matrix stuff like you can definitely tell that like for the writers and stuff the matrix is is like such a good important touchstone because they had all of the stuff with the framework Mm-hmm. 
yeah, I really enjoyed it. Like the whole like the the slasher got a bit much for me, but I don't enjoy slasher films in general, so Yeah, me neither. Um, I don't I, I enjoyed it just because I knew I I knew kind of like what the history is there with like Mac and stuff. Yeah. And like, like it was definitely funny to see them playing on his like his love of slasher movies yeah and like i i'm not a big fan of like slasher and horror movies and stuff like that but i know people who are big fans of that so like i i've kind of like learned to appreciate some of the stuff that they do just kind of like through that like the whole sequence of like the the drummer and whoever like having sex and then like oh no what's that noise we better go check it out and they just like fucking die like that's like slasher films 101 and that was pretty funny yeah i i did like like it, this this episode is a big like there's a lot of blood in this episode but i yeah. did i did very much like just like the over ex, like the absolutely excessive amount of it that they used yeah. Yeah, like that guy dies, and like that whole hallway is just like red. I was like, "Wow, yeah. that's a lot." <laughs> yeah, and and the thing is too is that they didn't they didn't use like they specifically used like cheap blood effects too. Yeah, and like the scene where like the girlfriend kind of like stumbles into the doorway covered in blood, like shouts that like Cricket is dead, and it gets pulled off, and then there's just this explosion of blood from off camera. <laughs> Yeah, was really good and then the robot comes so on funny. and is still doing the the like acting precious thing that was i enjoyed i enjoyed a lot of this i also really enjoyed the um because they all the other thing that they did is they didn't they didn't lean too far into 80s that into the overplayed parts of 80s aesthetics in terms of like the neon and everything like that yeah like but, pretty much like, the only scene was like the party scene which is understandable yeah, the party scene and also, like, the fucking, like, 80s music video background that, like, Coulson was trapped in. hmm It was, like, I think that Coulson stuff specifically was, like, totally my shit, just in terms of, like, he's fucking trapped in the school TV cart, and he's living in, like, an, like, an 80s music video hell or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, that was, that was particularly funny for me. Yeah, I loved that, like... Even though I wasn't not alive in the eighties, yeah, like, same. I mean, we still had those carts in like the nineties, and we still rolled them into the classroom, and we were like, "Oh, movie day." Yeah, I mean, I like I was born in ninety eight, and like we still had those in like the two thousands. So yeah. <laughs> it's definitely like a universal mm-hmm. symbol, I think, which is so funny because it's so shitty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh man, but yeah, I loved how they brought Coulson in the episode with that it was just really good mm-hmm. and he just got a bunch of quippy one-liners god, yeah oh god all the one-liners in this were so fucking good yeah um, like deke picking up like slang from the 80s like it just <laughs> blows my mind like what a fucking time i know it's god it's it was very good because like the only thing i could think about every time they made a one-liner is that there's this tabletop rpg that i played once called action movie world which is basically just like it's just you're playing an action movie mm-hmm. and one of the like special abilities that everyone can do at any point is just like make a one-liner and then you roll the dice and see how good your one-liner is basically oh my god that's amazing <laughs> yeah and it's oh god i i love all that shit oh that's so good 
Yeah, that episode was just really fun. Like, mm-hmm. and you could tell that everyone was just having fun with it. <laughs> like, even fucking Mac dressing up as like literally Rambo was great. It was yeah, just... yeah. It was so funny because like the the episode was like really silly or whatever. But then there was like this deep emotional undertone of Mac like healing from this trauma. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is like, God, like you you mentioned before that like that this felt like closure for him to kind of like take the backseat. But as soon as you said that, my mind immediately went to like one of the predictions that we made before of like Mac was on the top of your list of people to die yep. <laughs> in this season. And yep. I'm just like, oh no, like like this is a really good Mac episode and I don't know how many more of those we got in us. <laughs> yeah, that's uh it's pretty worrying. I'm uh pretty worried for Mac. Oh, yeah, same. Pretty worried cuz I feel like we're not getting out of the season with everybody alive and I don't know. There's just something about Mac that I'm like you're expendable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which like really sucks, but uh, I'm uh... Yeah, I'm very worried about him. And I don't know if it's, like, that feeling is just a product of the fact that, like, everyone's storylines are kind of, like, getting this wrap-up because this is, you know, the end. Um, yeah. And, like, I expect to have moments where, with Elena and May and Coulson and Fitzsimmons where I'm like, okay, this is, like, the end. Yeah. But see, the thing with Max coming before everyone else's means that I'm wondering if Mac <laughs> is going to end earlier than everyone else. <laughs> I don't know. I'm so worried. Yeah, I'm worried. I'm worried for Mac, and I'm worried for Elena with how she deals with it. Yep, yep. She's kind of got Daisy's curse then. Yeah, the love interest dies curse. (laughs) Yeah, because that's the thing too is that like I feel like everyone has kind of had time. I mean, apart from Daisy, because Daisy's cursed, but like I feel like (laughs) everyone has had some degree of time to just like be together, like with their partners. Except for Mac and Elena. Like, they, they're the ones who feel like they've most been, like, just through constant shit. I mean, maybe apart from Fitzsimmons, but I feel like that's a different thing. Because, like, Mac and Elena met when all this shit was popping off. And so they didn't yeah. even have, like, that kind of history together. Like, and once they became, like, romantically involved, that still hasn't happened for the two of them yet. And so there's, like, if Mac dies before that happens, that's especially rough i feel yeah it's not gonna be good and i a part of me is like okay episode 13 is like the end we're on episode eight fuck um (laughs) yeah i know let's take that in for a second but it's like how much time are they gonna give to like grieve back like i don't feel like it's gonna be a last episode death but i also don't know like where else they could do it yeah yeah, it's gonna be really rough. Um, do you have anything else you want to talk about? Uh, yes. <laughs> okay, go for it. No, go ahead. Um, what did you think about the uh, the Deke Squad? <laughs> I just feel like they they like went through eighties movies and were like, okay, this is a trope, this is a trope, this is a trope, and they put those tropes together and they made the Deke Squad. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? That's extremely fair, because I'm pretty sure that's exactly what they did. Yep. (laughs) Which is, like, valid and Mm -hmm. totally fine. But it was quite funny to see them, like, do that. (laughs) And I... It was so good, like, 
they kind of subverted it a little bit with like having the lesbians be lesbians and the mm-hmm. the drummer die and then have the two like nerdy guys or whatever like fake out but then come back. I didn't really have any strong attachment to any of them because I feel like we didn't really have time with any of them. And yeah. now they're irrelevant because we're going away from them. <laughs> yeah. That okay. So you, you yeah, like I I don't know if you noticed, Luca, but I've developed a very strong attachment very quickly <laughs> to 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 one of these one of these people. And just like uh, it's so rough because and we've talked about this before, but this show is is has been pretty good with representation with like most of the standard kind of like check boxes except for lgbt and like queer people yeah on the show and then we get these two and fuck like roxy glass fucking kicks ass and i love her so much (laughs) and like because like the scene that she has with like mac and like where she kind of like talks some sense into him kind of Mm -hmm. it was one of those things where she's like oh this is she feels like she's just she's the one who's saying it to him because like she's the only one who's around because like Mm -hmm. Mac's not going to talk to Deke because because that's not what the thing is but like none of the rest of the team is there um but I don't like it's just one of those things where it's just like fuck like you get to a point where you're just like so like ready for any of that and like as a queer person like you just read as much as you can like read as much as you can into it and just ignore all of the ways that it's not true, you know? Mm-hmm. And you get attached very quickly to, to specific people. And they, and but like, it's at the end of the day, it's all just like scraps, you know? Yeah. And it sucks because like representation in and of itself is still, is still scraps. Like even if, even if Daisy was by, you know? Yeah. Like there's no, that isn't, that doesn't really mean much just by itself. Like it means almost nothing. Yeah. And... I I agree. Like it would need to be like an established relationship that like means something to us. Yeah. And, and it would also need to be like having queer characters and stuff like represent, like that's not, that's, this isn't me saying representation is good, but like if that's what, if those kinds of things are important to you, then representation is like the bare minimum you know and this is Mm. a show that seems to be concerned about that kind of stuff like at least or at least like is interested in it in so far as they don't want to ignore it in terms of like the calling out the the generational racism and stuff like that and this is like a very glaring like blank space in terms of like their like the show's values that they haven't really acknowledged at all. And like, I'm always going to love Roxy Stan and I or Roxy glass. And I, and like the scene of her and Olga, like just like sitting, like, cause there's, I made a tweet that was just like glass and Olga are, are, are gay or something. Like when it was just like a half second shot of them, like sitting at a table drinking together. And then, yeah. and then, at the end of the episode, when when Olga said the like Desert Rose line or whatever, it was like basically confirmed. But it's yeah. still just such a small, 
meaningless thing that it's just like fuck like yeah and i feel like they they really fucked up because i think they were gonna have joey be a bigger part of the series than he was because he left to go do another job (laughs) which is like fair because i think they were really banking on joey being like the like gay character (laughs) on the show and then he just like left and they were like oh fuck what do we do now and they just like didn't have an answer but that was four seasons ago and we still have not filled that slot and i feel like it sucks that they just like apparently could not figure out a way to do it which is bullshit because like you can you there's like it's easy to do it you know it's easy to do yeah the bare minimum of having any sort of representation you know like yeah like i totally agree like it's it's like there's no excuse yeah like it there's no excuse and also like at at the same time that like because you're always going to feel like or at least i as a queer person like always feel like a sense of ownership when there's anything like that and just like kind of like claiming it and just like this is this is mine now and i and i love this but yeah. But at the same time, I feel like it's important to like take a step back and recognize that like on on some level this feels like a slap in the face in terms of just like they have all this other shit that is important to them and then and then like this is the best that that like I get as like a queer person is just like these two side characters who don't mean anything and don't have any meaningful interaction yeah. together. Yeah, it's it definitely sucks, and I wish that they would have done, like, something that was better, because it, I, like, I generally feel like the people on the show care about these issues, and I'm like, well, then why didn't you put it in your show? Yeah. <laughs> because this is the platform that you have, and, like, you should have used it in a way that was productive. Yeah. <sighs> I don't think I have anything else, really. Um, next episode, we are going to Afterlife, it looks like. Oh, yeah. So we're going to meet Jaying before she went off the deep end, apparently. Yeah. They have fucking obligatory called shots that we inevitably miss <laughs> section of the podcast. Yep. <laughs> but then somehow we get right later on. I don't know. Fuck, it's... I'm... I... I... Because this is another shot that we we whiffed because i think we specifically called it out afterlife has some place that we wouldn't go back to <laughs> yeah i know <laughs> and and i like i think because we made that prediction and because it like didn't seem like a thing that was likely to happen the fact that they're doing it it immediately makes me very interested in it because i just don't know what that's gonna look like really because we've we've already gotten because like we did get the giant mention in episode six because Daisy mentioned that, like, oh, this has happened before. This has happened to Cheyenne. Yeah. And seemed like they were specifically going there, going to Afterlife for help with getting Daisy back in, in shape. Daisy and I think Elena, too. Yeah. And maybe even May. Like, there's, like, a a promotional still of the episode that was released. And it's, like, May and um, Elena, like, sitting almost like meditatively together in afterlife Mm -hmm. like holding each other um and so it makes me wonder if like both of them are gonna go through something to Mm -hmm. like help awaken their third eye or whatever bullshit is blocking them from doing their stuff yeah and i i think yeah it's i am very interested if it's if afterlife is just a pit stop 
for uh, them yeah. or if it's if it's an actual thing because i feel like on one hand we've talked about like having passies and cameos come back oh jaying's in the episode like, yeah yeah like i've, I've seen jaying in it but like for me like i feel like you could have uh like a bobby and hunter cameo you could have a trip cameo you could yeah. have like these characters cameo but jaying specifically feels like such a big one to do and not do anything like very plot heavy with yeah you know? it's like so <laughs> it's so weird because jaying's story is like wrapped up and like sealed with a bow which is not something you could say for a lot of characters in the show yeah and i'm like so what like what is it gonna look like like are her and daisy gonna interact that would be wild <laughs> yeah um because you know they have some shit uh together yeah that would be i would be really interested in that scene because if this is like the scene before shining kind of like became like evil quote unquote for like lack of a better word yeah then this would be a chance for daisy to like see a side of her mother that she never got the chance to see yeah and it's so wild because like i and i should have looked this up before this episode but i don't know when daisy is born in relation to this shit <laughs> like is she already alive <laughs> I it's the 80s so, she's she's in her 20s right she's 20 something she's like i actually i think she's 30 she might be 30 oh jesus yeah. so she could be alive like i think she was born in the 80s so is there every possibility that she's already born yeah which is crazy we... yeah which in that case could we get also get like a fucking cow cameo i don't know maybe god it would be pretty wild to see cal again yeah like i hadn't considered that until this moment because like yeah this would be a this would be a chance to see jaying before she went she just like went total super villain and it would be a chance to see cal before he went all monster yeah and the thing that's it's i considered for half a second but then i realized it's literally impossible because he would also be an infant is lincoln coming back but i was like mm. Lincoln is also a child. <laughs> yeah. So we're yeah. not doing that. <laughs> I will say I'm infinitely less excited to see Cal as a cameo than I am to see Shying. Yeah, I feel like I don't need any more from Cal. Like we had the nice closure with him. Yeah, because that's the thing is that like we had so much of Cal and I didn't like him in season two, like yeah. as like a character. And I feel like we've gotten everything that we can get out of him. Like I mentioned before that we this would be a chance for us to see Cal before he was like uh, Mr. Hyde or whatever. But like we already got that with the ending scene with him and, and Daisy. You know, like I don't think there's much more we can get out of that. Whereas with Jai Ying, she has this whole other side to her that we haven't seen before. Yeah. Like we never really saw the nurturing mother. She was always yeah. just like evil. <laughs> yeah. Um. So it would be interesting to see. But I don't know how much... Like, I know Daisy is awake and up in this episode because we see flashes of her um, and Sousa. But I don't know, like, to what extent she is in afterlife. Yeah. I I do hope we get we get a scene with her and Cheyenne. Surely that would we, be really interesting. Surely we can't not have yeah, that scene. I, like, I, don't, I can't imagine that they wouldn't do that. Yeah, it seems obvious. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like, even if the brunt of the episode is about May and Elena... 
Like, mm-hmm. I mean, Daisy is right there. <laughs> yeah. I, look, May and Elena together will always just be, like, the fucking perfect combo for me. And just a, yeah. in terms of just, like, I love the two of them so much. And they complement each other so well. Because I feel like after life is a place where both of them would feel, like, out of place. Even Elena, who ostensibly belongs there. Yeah. And I feel like the two of them are going to be relying on each other a lot in terms of just, like, sticking together and, like, feeling comfortable. Yeah, and like Especially if this is, like, a place for them to, like, recover. Uh, Which is, yeah, which is interesting because the stuff with, the stuff with May is interesting because the thing, the thing that we were talking about when it was first revealed that she had this thing where she couldn't feel her own emotions but could only feel other people's emotions is we were just like, oh, it's so fucked up. Like, will she ever, like, love Coulson again? Blah, 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 blah. But I feel like it's slowly but steadily, like, we have been seeing, like, a return of, yeah, like, like emotions. She was definitely showing emotion in that interrogation scene with Coulson. Like, she was angry. <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't is... because she was touching anything. Yeah, which is interesting, because, like, I feel like I feel like it was called out there once, but, like, there have been a couple other moments other than that where it seems like she's been displaying her own, her old emotions again, which kind of makes me wonder what this recovery for her looks like, because it definitely seems like that's the path that she's going down. Like, she seems to be recovering on her own and just having, like, time to do that will be interesting. The other thing that I'm curious about is like what that looks like for Elena because we haven't really seen a lot of of why she's as troubled as she is. Yeah. Yeah, she's like it's just so odd that she just doesn't have her powers and I feel like that's definitely going to be explored is like what happened to make her lose them. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like this is going to be a very interesting character one because we're going to get we're going to get more Yo-Yo and May, which is always fantastic. Yeah. But I feel like this is going. This next episode is going to be very decisive on the Daisy Sousa. Oh, absolutely. Thing. Because, I mean, I don't know how much of that Daisy was truly conscious for, but she was conscious for enough of it that I think she knows what the fuck's going on. Yeah. Um, and I am very interested to see how they interact uh, moving forward because. Yeah, I feel like this is the make or break episode because I don't see how they can bait it anymore. Yeah, you know? like, I mean, it's like the cat's out of the bag. Like, <laughs> we saw that man stroke her hair in a loving fashion. Like, everyone saw that. And then we saw yeah. him say, like, I'm in the right place or whatever. So if it's going to happen, I think we're at least going to get, like, some confirmation of that this episode. It might not happen, happen this episode, but like it's we're gonna know that it's it's gonna happen. Yeah, which is gonna be interesting to watch. I guess I don't know. Yeah, I guess the other thing too that's kind of like a big question mark for this episode is what Gemma's role is gonna be in it, because essentially she's around, right? I mean, she's been around, but she's been so sidelined this whole season, which is another frustration of mine because. They apparently just, like, can't have her have her own plot without Fitz, which is problematic. Um, (laughs) And I'm like, I guess she's just going to be running back up on the Zephyr like she always does because she just doesn't have a role. Yeah. It's like, either run back up on the Zephyr or be medical on the field. And I'm like, okay. 
Yeah, like that's the thing. It's either just like be on the Zephyr or have some guy like be sexist at you. Yeah, and I'm like, all right. <laughs> Can we see a little bit more from Jimma? So we'll see. <laughs> yep. Yep. But yeah, I guess we'll wrap up the episode here unless you have anything else to add. No, I don't. I think. I don't think I have any big called shots yet. I guess the the one thing is that like is what I said before that it would feel weird to just have Shying be a one episode cameo because she feels like such an important figure. Yeah. Um, but the more I think about it, the more I I think they're just going to pass it by unless they unless they have like Nathaniel or whatever try to pull some Whitehall bullshit with Shying. Actually, now that you've just said that, I'm like. Because he mentions Whitehall, Nathaniel does, in the yeah. in the episode. And I'm like, well, we know that Jain was taken, like, shortly after Daisy's birth. Are we shortly after Daisy's birth? Like, is oh, this fuck. the moment? <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hello? Yeah, because, oh, sh- yeah. I feel like we're about to get another, like, how much do we fuck with the time stream dilemma? Yeah, because, like, I mean, this is it. Like, this is the moment where Daisy loses both of her parents. Yeah. Uh, oh, my God. Fuck. <laughs> I did not think about that. I didn't think about that either until I heard you say the words Nathaniel Whitehall Jaiig. <laughs> that <laughs> order. And I was like, oh, God. <laughs> Jesus, that's going to be brutal. That's pretty dark. But the show definitely would go there. I See, I, I just don't know what when exactly we are in the 80s. Yeah. Well, and, I think it was, they jumped to 82. Yeah. But I don't know where the Zephyr jumped after that. Like, at least to, like, 80. But, like... And I don't know exactly when Daisy's birthday is either. Yeah. Actually, I can look that up. Hold on. Okay, so her birthday is 88. Okay, that feels improbable now to me. So it's July 2nd, 1988, and I'm like, did we jump that far ahead? Like, I don't know. But unless they jumped back again to get Deacon Mac, like... I mean, they could have. Like, we don't we don't really know, but it would be weird. It would be weird to have V constantly going forward and then suddenly go back. Yeah. Because the thing... Okay, yeah, so, but now I'm wondering if they're going to do another Chronicom fucking with the time stream bullshit and push up the timeline on that a bit. It, I mean, very well possibly could happen. I, I don't know, but as soon as you said those words, I was like, man, that's a deep hill of shit right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which, yeah, I'm, I'm so curious too, because when we last left, what's his face? He was like, tearing himself apart with quake powers you yeah know? he's definitely back in this episode i just want you to know yeah well he, we got the we got the ending scene with him yeah last episode and he seemed totally fine which is extremely worrying if he has quake powers well but the thing is when daisy first got hers she tore herself apart but it was only when she used them so nathaniel could just not be using them but he's had years to use it, to get used to it, is the thing. Oh. Ah. Yikes. Yeah. Which is, it's going to fuck with me, because the other thing, too, is that he... Oh, God. Okay, here, here is my call shot for this episode. Okay. 
Hit me. I think he is going, especially because we're going back to Afterlife, I think he's going to do a thing where he starts hunting down in humans and, like, collecting all a bunch, a bunch of powers in himself. Oh my god. That seems ex- entirely on point. And I feel like he's going to rope in Whitehall. Because... Yeah. We might not even see, like, Whitehall, because I have no fucking idea where that actor is at this point, but... <laughs> Like, if he just yeah. even, like, name drops him, a bit, it's like, oh, Dr. Whitehall and I's experiments. Like, we all know what that means. Yeah, because that's the thing is, is I think, I think, here's my clutch. I think the Chronicons are going to get this dickbag to, um, to push up the timeline and basically, like, tip Whitehall off about Afterlife yeah. and Shying. And, and then in the process of doing that, get some more inhuman powers for himself yeah listen all i'm saying is if i just want nathaniel to be the villain (laughs) yeah because i don't give a flying piece of shit about the gravacons even though i know they're the main villains of the season blah 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 but i'm like i i think i think at this point i think it's a pretty safe bet that nathaniel is going to be the final villain god i hope so because he's so much more compelling (laughs) yeah like I don't like him, but I like him as a villain. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I really hope that you're right, and like he just like superpowers himself up and like just really fucks shit up because I think that would definitely feel the hatred. I mean, not that they need a reason to hate him more, because like I'm pretty sure they all hate him a lot. But yeah, yeah. That's the other thing too is that we haven't seen much of. We haven't had a monologue a lot. Yeah. Uh, and if he, <laughs> and he is starts going monologuing. To be... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, but yeah, if he if he does become the end season, the like final season villain, I think we're probably going to have to get a bit more from him for me to yeah. like to actually want that to be the case because right now he's just like he's just extremely shitty in a way that like makes me feel sick. And I feel but... like having him take over afterlife and like fuck all this shit up and like, you know, steal these people's powers is like the thing that he needs. Yeah. Yeah. But like, I think, I think that coupled with like a good monologue in terms of just cause it yeah, would yeah. feel weird. It would feel weird for the final villain of shield like ever to just be somebody you hate because they're awful rather than somebody who has some sort of like larger thematic significance to like what the show is is about yeah no i definitely feel like we're gonna get a villain monologue as he's like ripping some poor and human apart like <laughs> yeah uh that feels right and wrong <laughs> yeah Oof. yeah big woof but that's all happening next time yeah yeah so Buckle in for that one. <laughs> um, oh, it's going to be a time. We've only got five episodes I left. No, we're really closing in. We have one. We have like two more episodes, uh, three more episodes of our reaction yeah. casts. Fuck. Yeah, it's crazy to think about. But I'm not ready to get emotional about it yet. <laughs> But anyway, with that, we are going to wrap up our uh, reaction pod for this uh, week. Thank you for watching. or Well, thank you for listening. We, there's nothing to watch except your computer screen as it runs through our sound waves. And shield. And watch shield. shield. Watch shield. Um, shout out to Mel at Squirrel Curls on Twitter for our podcast art. And shout out to Abnormal Mapping for hosting us. 
but check out their Patreon. Um, and we will be back next time with the season one, episode six, watch, which will is a very good one, obviously, because it's one of the best episodes. Yeah, I would. I for for some reason you're only listening to these spoiler casts and not our episodes. You should you should watch the you should listen to the regular episodes because especially this one, uh, there's a surprise in it and it's a very good one. Surprise inside. Um, but until then, I've been Luca. Uh, I've been Holly. And thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye.